0: Hello, Guilty Feminists, this is Deborah. Before you listen, I just wanted to let you know that Mothers of the Revolution is a new documentary which tells the story of the thousands of women who came together in the 1980s at RAF Greenham Common to take a stand against nuclear proliferation. We will be recording an episode of The Guilty Feminist and screening the whole film and talking to one of the women who was there who I believe now has a Nobel Prize. You can come for just £5. It's at the Courthouse Hotel in Shoreditch on Wednesday the 20th of October and places are strictly limited. It is actually a small house. Uh, but you're going to get to see the doc and an episode of The Guilty Feminist and meet a real-life Greenham Common Woman. My, my mother-in-law was one of the Greenham Common Women, actually. Go to guiltyfeminist.com or follow the link in the show notes. And we have more recordings Back at the regular London home of King's Place on the 25th of October and 4th of November. Get tickets now. At last, we can have intervals again, so you're going to get two episodes for the price of one. Don't miss out. Get those Kings Place tickets, ASAP before all they all go, 25th of October, 4th of November. Finally, we have ads from ACAST now. Our model since the very first episode of The Guilty Feminist was to sell tickets to live shows, and that's how we've always paid our guests and our co-hosts. But due to 18 months in a pandemic, and now an uncertain future climbing back towards live, including our Australia New Zealand tour being postponed, we've had to think of another model. So Acast have saved the day. Now, the upside of this is that Acast have turned out to be really wonderful partners. And it means we're going to be able to do new podcasts and expand if you don't want ads, you can contribute to our Patreon and as well as getting advanced notice of events, Zoom hangouts with me, book stickers and other goodies, you also get an ad-free version of the show. Just go to patreon.com slash guiltyfeminist to get started. And now on with the podcast. I'm a feminist, but... One time, when I was trying to assert myself in front of a room full of men in a corporate situation, I accidentally said, my indecision is
4: final. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... I spent so long doing my hair and makeup this morning that a roofer who was fixing a couple of tiles had finished but I didn't want to see him uh, until I'd put looked really pretty because he was really good looking and by the time I went down uh, to ask him if he wanted a cup of tea he'd finished. (laughs) Did you do a full face of makeup for a roofer who'd left? Yeah, well, he, he was getting his ladder, and, and I was like, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And he went, I, I've, I've, I'm, I've finished. Got
0: my ladder now. Yeah. Should never wait till they've got their ladder. So ashamed. Rule for life.
3: I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> With the way I was acting in a Shoreditch bar last night, even I would argue for segregated single-sex cubicles. <laughs>
0: You can't say that, Travis.
3: I just did.
0: <laughs> I feel you can't.
2: <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> I got married last week. Um, <laughs> to my wife. Um, and I wore a dress for the first time in about 20 years and I thought I'd hate it, but I loved it. And everyone was like you should get your tits and your legs out more often, you know? And I was like, I will.
0: (laughs) I'm a feminist, but last night I ran into Susie Ruffles-Taylor. True story. Um, I just happened to meet Susie Ruffles-Taylor at a drinks uh, thing... And she said, oh, hello, I'm Susie Ruffles Taylor. I don't think it's her only job. I don't think Susie Ruffles has an exclusive tailor. She's not Elton John yet. Uh, give her time. Uh, but um, she was like, yeah, I'm currently tailoring her a bespoke suit. And my first and only thought was, if Susie Ruffles is getting a tailored suit, I'm getting a tailored suit. And she was like, you should come in and see me. I'm like, I am. Give me your card now. I am going to go in and see Susie Ruffles-Taylor. So next time you see me, I might be in a suit in six to eight weeks.
4: I'm a feminist, but I recently bought a massive Triumph motorbike. It's a 1,200cc, and it's really cool, and it's fucking great. Uh, And the first time I went to fill it up with petrol, I didn't know how to take the petrol cap off, and I had to wait for a man to come and do it for me. I was like, oh, I've, I've just, I've just picked it up. And he was like, yeah, you should still know that. And I was like, yeah.
0: Sort of like a more of a Charlie's Angels
4: than a Hell's Angels situation. <laughs> I was, it was really stupid. I should just have just worked it out before I left home.
0: I think it's just as much a skill to know how to put petrol in a motorbike as to know how to get a man to put a petrol in a motorbike for you. <laughs> that's what I say. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, very, it's a skill. It's a skill. I can get any man to change a tyre for me, but not if Tom's there, and he can't do it either. So I, once I made him go and hide under a bridge. <laughs> like, I was like, I know how to get a man to change a tyre for me. I've been doing it all my life. Not with you here, dragging me down. They'll be like, what the fuck can't he do it? I'm like, because he can't. And they're like, well, I'm not helping. There's no undercurrent of flirtation in this for me. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that some man changed my tyre in France and I did anything, you know, there was no services exchange. I'm just saying, not that that would be wrong, I'm just saying, I need... Could you fucking do one?
3: I'm a feminist, but... Last night I was dressed up for a night out. There's a theme here, clearly. And whilst I was walking down the street, a man shouted, hey, sexy, and harassed me. And my first reaction was to be like, thank you!
0: Then welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Guilty mariners! Travis Alabanza, Richard Christie, and she drew the gun. Thank you so, so much for coming back out. This is just so special. Last night was our, uh, our first night here, and apparently we were the first people back in Queen Elizabeth Hall at all uh, since the pandemic, Yeah. My last big show was at the Southbank Centre in March 2020. And that was it. And then after that, we went home. That night, we all felt a bit, should we really even be here? But it was the last big one at Royal Festival Hall. Were you there? Were you? And you're there in the front row, and your unexplained public laughter disrupts the patriarchy T-shirt. That is not a coincidence. You are a proper guilty feminist. Uh, Just give us a cheer if you're more feminist than guilty. Just a very confident man. Uh, Give us a cheer if you're more guilty than feminist. Excellent. I am going to ask you, though, because we have been shut away for the best part of two years, and uh, while some people are always inside and doing amazing feminist things, it is hard when, as an army, we're all inside. Because I think normally the people that need to stay inside do things uh, that provoke the people outside to do other things, that provoke the people inside to do other things. Do you see what I mean? In in a lovely circular loop. Uh, But when we're all inside, when the whole army is locked inside, feminism, I think, did become a little trickier. Did anybody do any feminism that they'd like to tell us about while in lockdown? And as I say this, can I say, could we start with a low bar? (laughs) Because last night, someone put their hand up and went, yes, um, I took the Met Police to uh, court for not allowing us to have a vigil and won, and I had to raise half a million pounds to do that, which I successfully did. And I said, are you Jamie Klinger from Reclaim These Streets? And she said, yes. And I said, well, now no one wants to say anything. I was like, could we not just start with, I baked a cake for my neighbour. And now I, now I treat her like a grandmother and I put like a feminist message on the top or something accessible to us all. And then we'll work up from there, and we'll end with, I think I might be getting Cressida dick fired. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> I, I, just, I just think you can be too good a feminist, and you can put other feminists off doing anything. Uh, sorry, Jamie Klinger, you're doing great work. I, I don't think it's, Jamie, Jamie, you're not in again tonight, are you? That's good, because I'm talking about you. Um, no, Reclaiming the Streets and Jamie Klinger are doing great work. But I am just going to put it out there... If you are a named activist with a profile where you might write in The Guardian and you're like, oh, don't speak up now. Let other people... Speak up later, but can we have some more, let's be honest, amateur feminists starting the ball rolling so people go, oh, yeah, I can do better than that. So, is there... in fact, who in this room thinks they did such a lowly act of feminism that it will make everyone else feel relaxed? and think, oh, yeah, that, that's such a piss-poor piece of feminism. I now feel bolstered to tell mine, yes, please, pick me. Um, so we're looking for a shoddy or, or trivial or small act of feminism is what we're looking for. Uh, so the bids start low, because last night we only had one, and I'm looking for a few tonight. So someone who did something where you go, it was barely an act of feminism, it was barely an act. I, <laughs> I was in bed. I bet you, Yes, you've got one? Great. Super. What's yours? I encouraged a waitress at lunch today in case you can't hear, yes to quit her job because I heard her boss cat calling her and being a dick that got a thrill from the back thrill, thrill, an army of feminists up the back were like, we will take him could you please name the restaurant and the owner so that we can go down after this we'll just go round if anyone can throw names in a hat We'll just go around closing places down. I mean, there's enough of us. We could take him. And so she at me, yes, smiled. And said, I'm quitting tomorrow. <gasps> oh, she looked at me, smiled and said, you know what? I'm going to quit tomorrow and he's going to get an earful. That is brilliant, and it did not at all fit my brief. <laughs> I was very clear that I wanted something that was trivial, that would intimidate nobody. What you've done is stood up in a public place. You've said, no. You've set boundaries. You've said, sister, come with me, follow me out. Stand up to this man. Smash this particular patriarchy. Come on. You, you've caused a small, a mini revolution. I mean, can a, revolution, a revolution of one, basically. But this is how it rolls on. He will not treat the next person that badly. It was very good, but I'm going to say too good. Um, I'm looking for something less good than that. Has anyone got a less good act of feminism? Yes, just your hand there. I don't know if it's feminist, but I grew up my eyebrows. I, I don't know if it's feminist, but I grew up my eyebrows. <laughs> You grew out your eyebrows, so in other words, you stopped plucking, you stopped waxing for the duration of the lockdown, and that's brave when all we had was Zoom. (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, we were all growing out everything below the chin. (laughs) But uh, this is all we had. So, sister, I see you. I see all of you, every single last eyebrow, and I'm proud of you. Are you keeping it for the real world? Is it still with you? Uh, Just out of laziness at the moment. Just out of laziness at the moment. Do you think this could become a proactivity, or is it just going to be a piece of lackadaisical feminism (laughs) born out of a lack of get-up-and-go? I hope there's greater things ahead. You hope there's greater things ahead. We all do. We all do. (laughs) Many victories in 2021. Many, many victories. Many. Not many. Many we had another one here you stopped wearing makeup every day and you felt very confident in your appearance on the no makeup days you seem like you're wearing makeup today though (laughs) mini victories, mini victories this is what we're looking for interestingly they are getting smart. people are being emboldened aren't they they're like I've got one worse than that yes go on You've you've gone for the leg hair. You're wearing very thick leggings. No one's giving you any prizes for that. I would like to see you in a mini skirt with the full. Oh oh, we've got a leg. A mini skirt leg hair. Thank you very much. Viva the revolution. We're starting something here, gang. We're starting something here. Um, anyone got anyone to, any? You could now listen. Now we've had these low level ones. You can go with whatever you want if you actually do have a situation where you currently are in a a deep negotiation with Priti Patel and she's about to cave, (laughs) please speak now, speak now, speak now. Anybody got anything they want to tell us about? Yes? I'm a nanny and I, in the lockdown, I have to take on a grandfather to convince him that women could be out And to not teach his two-year-old... OK. So if you didn't hear that up the back, yes, oh, there was some gasping down the front. So, sorry, what was your name? Emily. Emily was a nanny, and she took on a two-year-old's grandfather, I assume the one she was working for, not just a random (laughs) one, uh, and said, women can be astronauts, stop teaching your two-year-old granddaughter that. And, yeah. What kind of man says to a two-year-old you can't be an astronaut? I mean, she probably can't, but no need to... (laughs) anyone can but it's just there's no need, it's going to be years anyway just say yeah I'm sure, down the line you know, work hard at school maybe, don't, there's no need to shut I don't think, he That's he sounds embittered, well, after we've dealt with the manager of that restaurant let's go and find the grandfather um, <laughs> it's so lovely getting to see you again and connect with you again, I feel like I want to hug and kiss and lick all of you but apparently that's still not allowed um, so until I can snog you all individually in a line, have, that, have we ever had a... Sometimes you have a meet and greet. Um, do you think there ever will be a sort of queue and snog? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like after this, we, I think feel soon we will want one. Uh, but in the meantime, what we have is we're all in the same room. Sort of, can you just at least give yourself a hug and then it'll feel like we we'll are all giving each other a hug. Ah, oh. Yeah, and if you've come with someone, you can hug them. Don't... Just hug a random because consent. No, I'm implying any of you are randoms. You know what I mean. Oh, it's, oh, it's so easy, isn't it, to start a loving, an orgy of one's own. Um, so, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you so much for being together uh, with us. I have missed you so much. It feels quite emotional to be back in the space with a proper big audience. So have a good time tonight. Let go. Uh, be with us. It is just so wonderful to be in this space. And with that, can I say, please welcome my incredible co-pilot for this evening? It's the wonderful Bridget Christie. Yeah. Sorry, I got the stage... Yeah. Well, OK, I think it was meant to be me. And it doesn't matter. No. The point is, we're both in chairs now. We're sitting down. That's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> Hi! It's Bridget Christie, everybody. It's absolutely Bridget Christie. I haven't seen you for nearly two years.
4: Oh, my God, it can't be that long. Yeah, well, it has to be, because of the pandemic. <laughs> it's got to have been. Because of the what? There's <laughs> something
0: happened. <laughs> the thing with Bridget is you never really know, because backstage we were talking about Sparking Joy and Marie Kondo, and she went, is she the one that tidies up? And I was like, Bridget, she is... I feel like you read so many important books, and I feel so ashamed when I know every single cultural low moment that I, I know, that you don't know them because I, I feel th- like you're talking about important things.
4: No, I see it as a personal challenge to not know very much about anything. <laughs> Because you're, you're so erudite, though. Because then the world is a wonderful, surprising place. I mean, you know... There's you don't wo- know
0: about the lowbrow. You know about the highbrow. No,
4: there's a woman who tidies up, uh, and she's made a living out of it. Yes, um, tidying, professional tidier. And she says, if,
0: she, if you looked at that suit in your wardrobe, which is beautiful, you would have to ask yourself, does this spark joy? And if it did, which it would, because it's a pink suit, it's beautiful... Lovely lining. You would then keep it, but if you thought it doesn't spark joy, you would throw it away.
4: I I, I wouldn't. In fact, I saw a jumper in my drawer this morning. This is such a coincidence. I mean, this is honestly true. And when I was wearing it, somebody was a twat, and so I've put it in a bin bag and I'm going to get rid of it. Are you going to take it to Oxfam
0: I know. I get absolutely get that because now you associate it with that experience. It's gone, man.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I and the twat was winning. Because it had managed to infiltrate a jumper. Was this, was, this twat, uh, was
0: this twattery in some way an anti-feminist move from this person?
4: It was a, it was a bus driver.
0: <laughs> was the bus driver being in some way sexist or misogynist?
4: Just didn't wait for me. <laughs>
0: I've got to go with yes. So, hold on a minute. This isn't, wasn't a proper altercation. I thought this was like a fight at a pub or like something really escalated.
4: This is literally, a, you couldn't flag a bus down and now you've got to give the jumper away. I did flag the bus down. And I'll, I'll tell you something else as well. <laughs> Everybody on the bus was, was waving and going, well, let her on and everything, mate. Because he was at the traffic lights.
0: Oh.
4: And, uh, and he didn't. And I was like, oh, yeah, have a great day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you
4: did what? I was like, yeah, have a good life, mate. Yeah, yeah, nice one. N- nice one. You know, hope, feel good about yourself, you know, and all of that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to
4: throw this jumper out now because of you. I'm ashamed now because I'm not telling you quite an important part of the story. But in, in the telling of it, I thought, I, I'm, I-, I don't like lying or um, anything. OK. Tell us, tell us the whole story. Right, so I then walked home. And he was waiting at the next bus stop. For you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect to talk about... Can you edit this out, please? No,
0: no. This is, this is the pre, pre-show chat. That's all we've got, Bridget, sadly. We will have he, to use it all.
4: He could have said, I'll wait for you. You know, you don't have to be all aggro with me and go... Hur, hur. I'll wait for you, but he didn't. So but I still don't like the jumper. So this is now a jumper. I think the passengers got to him. I'm going to stick to my guns here. I think that he was a twat, and they they psyched him out.
0: I'm going to need you to take this to Mumsnet. That's how bad it is. (laughs) Mumsnet, who I personally believe are so close to their application being accepted for the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) They do a column called Am I Being Unreasonable? And I, for some reason, don't worry, it doesn't matter why, because of something that happened, I ended up subscribed to the Am I Being Unreasonable... It's, have you seen this? AIBU. If you don't know about Sparking Joy, you are not going to know about Am I Being Unreasonable. So it's AIBU, and that means Am I Being Unreasonable? Right. And someone will write the thing saying oh my sister didn't invite me for Christmas and I invited her for Christmas and then right. when we went there for Christmas anyway because we thought we should because we're family she said you can't come in
4: I like the and sound of
0: this I mean it's so compelling and so I've had to unsubscribe this week because I was spending so much time <laughs> reading the outrageous responses to people's questions am I being unreasonable and I feel I'm a feminist, but I really want to take this bus driver situation to Am I Being Unreasonable? On mum's said, Can we please, can I, can we, can we, can I? I've got an account. I'll I was put it really, for
4: you. I mean, I was really nice that I said that it was really, really nice of you to wait. <laughs>
0: so you now did talk to him. You went up to him at the next stop and said,
4: Thank you for waiting. Well, I sort of went, oh, it was really nice of you to wait. So, so did you I'm get so, on the bus? I'm sorry, I just did, did you get anything. on the bus at the end.
0: Rid of the jumper you need to get rid of the pants you were wearing this is what you now had to be on my the pants bus. What, everything my everything the shoes everything you're now sitting on this bus with the driver you've got oh have a great night and now you're
4: sitting on his bus like this going you waited oh i, well, I've, I feel like i've not told this properly <laughs> the, the, the bus the, the bus stop the, the traffic lights was at the bus stop Right? Yeah. And he was at the bus stop, but it yeah. was a red line. Yeah. So I was literally at the bus stop and he wouldn't open the doors for me. Uh, he also wouldn't look at me, which is really annoying when they don't look at you. Yeah. So I was like knocking and then all the other people on the bus were, we're like, oh. let her on, mate, let her on and then he didn't look he blanked me, so I was like oh, uh, so instead of going down there no, the down this there, is what I'm saying.
0: This is what No, okay, you okay, let's ask this audience, let's pretend this audience is mum's this is the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> Pretending my lovely, warm, gorgeous glories... It, I'm going to get an email from Mumsnet saying, please don't do this, which is fair. Let's, not, let's take that out of it. There's another American thing called, uh, am I the asshole? <laughs> do you know this? Yeah. So, <laughs> let us vote. Am I being unreasonable? Who was right, the bus driver or Bridget? Okay. What,
4: you've got to be very clear. Right about what? I don't know. Who was, you can't ask who a question that you un, don't, you don't who know was being
0: unreasonable. If you think it was the bus driver, shout bus. And if you think it was Bridget, shout Bridget. One, two,
4: three. <laughs> full house. A full house. See, he could have looked at me. He did. They, this ah, is. I was, hello. I wasn't unreasonable. Straight. I no. was like, oh, I'm, I'm here. I, you probably can't see me. But then I did go around the front, right in front of them. <laughs> are, are you ready to hear some stand-up
0: from the highly reasonable Bridget Christie? Oh, it's me! It's yeah. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Bridget
4: Christie. <laughs> I'm just I'm just here now. I've just stood up. You won't know this, but that welcome means so much to me right if I don't get what I think is a decent round of applause when I come out when I do a gig I get like um like a a trauma trigger and it's it's because of my birth experience (laughs) and basically what happened was I only found this out about six months ago when I was born in 1971 I know don't um my mum went into hospital to have me and she buzzed the midwives and said the baby's on its way and uh, I'm the ninth child in my family I've got eight older brothers and sisters and my mum gave birth to all of them so I'm saying she didn't adopt them all so she was there at all of their births that's what I'm trying to say anyway so she knew what she was doing so she buzzed the midwives and said the baby's on its way they came in and said no it isn't and you should know this by now shouldn't you Mary because this is your ninth child stop buzzing us because we're very busy on the ward today. So my mum didn't buzz them, delivered me herself, (laughs) and just left me on the bed for ages, I think it was like a couple of hours or something, until the midwives came in on their next round, uh, and all hell broke loose. It was an emergency situation. There was consultants running around and alarms going off, and uh, the midwives said to her, Mary, Mary, why didn't you tell us? And apparently my mum said, oh, sorry. I thought you said that the baby wasn't on its way. And that I wasn't to call you. (laughs) You've got to admire the commitment to that. I mean, if that was me, I'd have... When the baby's head was crowning, I'd be like, yeah, that's enough now. Can someone help? But she committed to that. I tell you, some of these edgy male comedians could learn a thing or two from my mother... Did you, did you risk your life and the life of your newborn baby uh, so that you could be sarcastic to a midwife? <laughs> um, or did you just deadname a trans person in your Netflix special and get paid millions of pounds for it? <laughs> yes. Um, I think that our birth experiences, they must stay with us on some level. It's such a massive thing, isn't it, being born? Being born and dying are the, like, the biggest events in our lives, and I think I think being born, it must it must stay with us. It'd be interesting if you ask your mums about your birth experience to see if there's any connections between your behaviour now and how your birth was. Because, I mean, I know that's why if I don't get a good enough welcome, that all comes. <laughs> I have to be really careful now. I've sort of amended my sat nav so that when I arrive somewhere, my sat nav says to me. Uh, arrived at destination, welcome to your destination, you drove really well Um, I think everyone's going to be really pleased to see you and uh, the only airline I fly with is uh, Ryanair um, because they've actually trained their pilots to, uh, whenever I land in a country, uh, they they play the trumpet for me, so (laughs) that's great, but I think it must affect, I've got two children and I was there at both of their births, my son He's 14 now. His birth was terrible. Um, it was really, really long. Um, it was 40 hours long, and then he was still refusing to come out. We had to suck him out with the ventouse in the end. Uh, and he's 14 now, and uh, he's still refusing to come out of his room. Um, or vacuum it. Um, uh, in fact, if he won't get up in the morning... Um, and he's late for school, I take the attachment off the bottom of the hoover, stick it on his head and try and... He's <laughs> like, oh, stop triggering me. They know all the terminology and their rights, young people these days, it's very annoying. You can't lock me in a wardrobe anymore. I'll put it on Tic Tac. Um, and my daughter's birth. Hers was easy because she was so tiny. She was a tiny baby. She was induced. And so she was only five pound. So it was was easy, but it was weird Um, because she came out arm first like that. (laughs) Like mad, like that. None of us knew. It can be quite dangerous, actually. It's called a compound presentation. Uh, But my midwife, Cheryl, she was really calm about it, which was reassuring because my husband shit his pants. I was like, oh, oh my God, ah. I was like, y- you know that's the baby's hand, right? It's not its head. Uh, just finish your book. Anyway, and... Uh, See, be quiet or go and get me a coffee. Um, and then the midwife, Cheryl, so she was really calm. She just went, oh, well, there's a hand then. Uh, and then she said, um, I'm pleased to meet you too. <laughs>
1: which really annoyed me,
4: because I'm a comedian. And uh, I was just about to say that. So I said to her, look, Cheryl, you do your job and I'll do mine, OK? So then I had to think of something quickly, and I, I looked out and I went, oh, could you at least leave home before we start with the handouts? Uh, yeah, which isn't as good, because she fucking took the... Anyway, yeah, I'm first like that. <laughs> She's 10 now. And uh, she's a white supremacist, so... Um, obviously... Has to affect us. Oh, I'm hot now. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. Not in a... I don't mean in a sexy way. I mean in a temperature way. Although, at the age of 50, I have finally come to terms with what I look like. It took me a few years, but I got there in the end, and I'm very, very happy about this. And I can honestly say with my hand on my heart Uh, that I think that I don't scrub up too badly for a woman of my age. There. I now... (laughs) Very... I I tell you, I'm... The sky's the limit. I now have the self-confidence of a middle-aged, overweight, balding man. And I tell you, (laughs) the sky's the limit. Obviously, I'm not happy with everything. Uh, There's some things I'm not too happy about. But um, let's just say... Uh, some things are holding up very well. Not going to show you now, obviously, it's not that kind of a show. But uh, let's just say that my breasts are in exactly the same place as they were when I was 18. In the hands of a much older man. Uh, The most grateful hands you can get. Uh. I'm hot uh, because I have a very rare medical condition. Uh, called the uh, men o um, Yes, it's only um, about one-in-one one women who experience it, so it's a little bit under the radar at the moment. Nobody really knows anything about it because uh, it's not something that happens to men, so there's no data or research. Uh, but, uh, Yeah, so we don't really know anything about it. It's uh, it's been in the news a little bit recently uh, because scientists have just decided that uh, it's not actually uh, greenhouse gases that are causing climate change. It's uh, it's us. Um, Yeah, I didn't realise what I had. It coincided with lockdown, but I was really worried. I thought I had all... Because there's 34... Symptoms of the menopause, fucking loads of them. There's, I, I think that the, two of them are supposed to be rage and irritability, and I don't think they are. I think what's happened is loads of women around 50 have just suddenly gone, why have I been putting up with all this fucking shit for 30 years? Oh, no, it's all right, that's fine. Hat, no, you eat first. That's funny. No, it fucking isn't. Now we're just going, you know what? That's not acceptable. Fuck off, you twat. That's all it is. <laughs> Just stop putting up with things. I didn't know what it was because of all the symptoms. So I went to my GP. He said, what can I do you with today? What can I do, uh, what can I do for you today, he said. And uh, I said, um, oh, I'm really sorry. I knew on the way here, but it's, it's gone now. Uh, As <laughs> The thing is, the brain fog, it's the memory is affected. That's been affecting me the most. Anyway, he said, um, how are your periods? And I said, um, well, they're all over the place. There's nothing for three months. And then loads come at once. They're they're like buses. (laughs) Massive and red. uh, Which he didn't think was very funny. And then he said, "Um, and how are your moods? I said, how are your fucking moods? (laughs) Anyway, yeah. I downloaded some apps. I've downloaded Dr. Louise News. She's a menopause specialist. I've downloaded her app. Uh, But I forgot that I downloaded it. It's supposed to enter all your symptoms, but I forgot. And also, the the little icon uh, on my phone has got the same design and colours as the Deliveroo app. (laughs) Um, Because it's, like, green and white, and it's got this specific writing, so I'm always getting them mixed up. And my my, um, delivery guy brought my pizza the other night and also told me which of my last three periods was the heaviest. (laughs) Um, So that was pretty good. Um... Lockdown was shit. It was shit. Um, thanks for coming out. This is brilliant. But lockdown was good for one thing, which was that um, because all the barbers were closed and we were all eating and drinking a lot more, I noticed that a lot of men had sort of were very hairy and had put on a bit of weight, and that was good for me uh, because that is my type. That's the type of man <laughs> that I find sexually attractive. Men who were all hairy and looked like they'd just eaten a big cake... Um, I like my men like my lemons unwaxed, large and zesty and tied up in a net bag with five others
5: <laughs> thank you very much Bridget Christie everybody
0: Thank you. Uh, that was brilliant Bridget and very fascinating can you just tell this audience are you doing a whole new hour?
4: Yes, so I've got um, a week at Leicester Square. No, it's 2.45 minutes with an interval. Oh, sorry, it's like a new show. Sorry, a
0: new show. It's not an hour. You're getting more for your money than I thought. (laughs) Uh, Leicester Square Theatre in December. Leicester Square Theatre in December. Great. (laughs) Book it now. I will be there. That will be great. Yeah, I'll come on the first night. I'll go on the first
4: night. You know, there's 13 million uh, menopausal women in the UK at the moment. Is the whole show about the menopause? Pretty much. <laughs> well, there's a lot of it
0: about that. No, no, I'm, I'm, op- I'm absolutely open to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not menopausal, but I will be at some point.
4: We, we all, you know, there's no escaping it. No,
0: apparently, that's what they tell me. I'm sort <laughs> of in denial about it, though. I just think... If I keep thinking it do- won 't happen it won 't I sort of think like i 'm a magical being that 's just going to not don 't age d- or die don 't like dread from it. here
4: because i 've owned mine and i 've chosen to have quite good fun with it <laughs> i 'm very much into taking you know power and responsibility, and you know life, life is unexpected and yeah, you know. no, I
0: see, this is why we're a good double act, though, because you're take power and I'm denial. Yeah, need... but it's not that
4: bad, there's only, there's, there's, so a third of women have bad ones, a third of women have middle ones, and a third of women sail through it, so you might be sailing through it. I'm, I'm not doing it at all. No, oh, you won't do it at
0: all. No, I'm not doing it at all. No, I, I know I'm not, because I just went and had full test at the, I've had all my bloods done, absolutely everything, because I haven't been the doctor in years, and I thought, I'm obviously going to be dying. And, and <laughs> I had the full MOT, like absolutely everything. Yeah. And uh, I asked in case. Yeah. Um, and she said no. She said you won't
4: have the menopause. She didn't say I won't. <laughs> she said I didn't. I didn't have any
0: symptoms. She said my bloods... I'll tell you what she did say, and I felt a bit awkward about it. She looked at like, the bloods like this, and she went, oh, like that, like something. Oh. Uh, it was like like something, and I thought, oh, my God, something's wrong. Something's terrible. She looked at the screen, she went oh, my God. And I went, oh, my God, I'm obviously going to die. And she said, um, you've got the blood work of a perfect person. <laughs> it's like, we, it's, it's weird. Hmm. She said, I don't remember ever seeing blood work this good. And I was like, what? what? And, um, and she went, yeah, I can tell you. She asked me this question about what I was exercising, how often I was exercising and eating. And she said, I can tell you're doing what you're doing. Because a lot of people lie, and I see it in the bloods. And she said, um, I can tell from your blood work what you're eating and how much you're exercising. People don't know that, but I know when you're lying. And you are not lying. But I tell you now, if you come back to me in a year's time and you are not exercising in the same way, it's not going to look like this. And I then firstly went home. like, like I, I, I was so desperate to keep my good report card. I immediately, like, I walked home, like, going, exercise, exercise. And then um, came in and said to Tom, I've got the blood work of the Messiah. <laughs> I'm not going to put this on the podcast because that might trigger people. Because people might get upset. Because I'm like, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to talk about having. If someone's got bad blood work, I don't want to be. Do you know? It sounds like bragging. People, people <laughs> won't.
4: I mean, what is what? What can you see? in... why is your? What is it in blood? Is it? Have you got glitter I, in yours? I. Don't. <laughs> no, but is it? Feminine, is it got, it's
0: feminist blood. That's what it is. Is it got more or
4: less air or something? How, how, did they, how can they it's, I didn't know, I thought you either had something wrong with you
0: or you were fine but she said no 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 there's a, there's a sliding scale and also I've got better than 20-20 vision not for reading, my reading is terrible but yeah I have got better than 20
4: it's boasting now, I think you well, need to no, stop now it, it, I have. and I also she 20... said my shit was lovely as well <laughs> it was the best shit she's ever seen <laughs> lovely colour, lovely shape oh she yeah. put it in a jar fucking well done mate Doctor, that said my vision was better than
0: 2020. I have, you know. Was it an optician? <laughs> it was, yeah. We I said I months. thought 2020 was the top one, and he went, No, that's just like a 2 1. Oh. I in, didn't if, know. in degrees. He said, That's just like good, a good average. We, what we hope for is 2020, but he said, You've got better than 2020. But for reading, let me reassure you. Uh, I need reading glasses, and that's the only thing wrong with me. Uh, I, mean,
4: I, can I say something about... Yeah. So I thought, in lockdown, I'm going to read, 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 and read, mm-hmm. right? Um, but this is how I know that my eyesight really deteriorated in lockdown, because I went out to it for a meal for the first time when we were all allowed to go out, mm. and I couldn't read the menu, and I thought, oh, I've not read in lockdown. Because <laughs> I've just oh. noticed how bad my eyesight is. Wow. Not, I've not read enough, have I? Cause I'd, no. Because I'd have seen that coming. Uh,
0: yeah. I've really... Yeah, no. I, I know because I read my phone all all day. I am in a monogamous relationship with my phone. I have to quit it, and I don't do, know how do to people, break up with my phone.
4: Do people say... This is... I'm sorry. I feel like I'm saying too much. But have your loved ones said, Deb, you've got to put it down and look, look at me for a bit now? My my
0: loved ones are my phone. (laughs) We are all seriously addicted. We are all fucking our brains. We are all in a terrible place with it, and we all have to get together and intervene for ourselves and each other. And we're not going to, and we're doomed. Now, our first guest. (laughs) Uh, I leave mine at home all the time. Do you? Yeah. Is it at home now? It's in the dressing room. There, there you go. Um, (laughs) We're all doomed. Um, So, uh, no, it's true. I'm going to do something about it. Don't worry. Relax. Um, (laughs) Relax. Are we ready for our guests? Our first guest today... I'm going to wait till you finish the pour in the water. I'm so sorry. No, no, no,
4: no. I thought I'd do it while you were busy, you know. No,
0: it it, it was just... I was just like, I can't do it while you're kneeling. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're at communion. (laughs) I do have the blood of the Messiah, though, if you need some communion blood. (laughs) Hello gang, it's Deborah. Just wanted to let you know that we have been nominated for the National Comedy Awards for Best Comedy Podcast. We are in the long list and we would love to be in the short list with your help. The first stage of voting opens to the public on Monday the 11th of October at 2pm and it will close on the 4th of November at one minute to midnight. So if you could please vote for us at thenationalcomedyawards.com. It would mean a lot to us and also it would help us to grow the podcast and our new stable of podcasts coming out of the House of the Guilty Feminist with a cast. While you're there, I'm sure there's lots of other friends of the show in TV and other categories that you can vote for. So go and check it out and vote for us at thenationalcomedyawards.com. Thank you. Also, I just wanted to say thank you to all the guilty feminists who came to the march from Trafalgar Square to the U.S. Embassy, where I spoke last weekend. We are very encouraged after our protest and protests worldwide that a judge temporarily blocked the Senate 8 Bill, which bans most abortions in Texas. We are devastated that the U.S. Appeals Court has overturned that block. We stand in solidarity with Texas women and other people who can get pregnant in the fight freely access safe legal abortion, as is their right established by the Supreme Court. We believe full rights can and will be restored and we will raise our voices until they are. We'll let you know where there are more protests and ways that you can send a message to the state of Texas. Thank you very much to all who attended and raised their voices online. And now back to the podcast. Our first guest today is a community organizer at Amnesty International who works with ordinary people to make sure they have the tools they need to stand up and say no. She is joined by an award-winning writer, performer, and theatre maker. Their work surrounding gender, trans identity, and race has been noted internationally, and their writing has appeared in numerous anthologies, including Black and Gay in the UK. Please welcome Holly Harrison-Millane and Travis Almanza. <laughs> we be touching in the times of COVID? I don't know. We've shared a dressing room so probably we're fine. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. It's delightful to have you both. Um, so Holly, you work for Amnesty mm-hmm. and Travis, you are a writer-performer. I just saw your incredible show at the Bush Theatre in London called Overflow. If you haven't seen it, you absolutely must go. Just give us a cheer if you've seen it. Woo! Great. So Thanks, you. Mum. <laughs> But that's a lot of tickets sold now because everyone else is going to go. So, actually, if the whole audience had gone, woo, we would be like I, like, like, I can't sell any tickets here. They've already seen it. So this is a good result for you, Travis. Um, it's a brilliant play, and it's about a trans woman who's locked in the stall of a loo, and there's someone banging on the door, um, but she's sort of monologuing to the audience. And it's very funny, it's very poignant, and the actress uh, in the lead role is... Or the only role um, is... Phenomenal. I mean, your writing's great, Travis, but also she's smashing it, isn't she?
3: she co- you can tell it's a good actress when they cover up all your shit lines that you didn't see go on the edits. You know, she'll act so well, and I'll rewind, i am like, that was a fucking crap line, but she did it well. So yeah, good actress.
0: I, I think your, your writing is phenomenal, and she is doing wonders. So I want to talk to both of you about the rights raid. Can you, Holly, explain what the rights raid is?
5: Yeah, sure. So it's a trend that we think we've been seeing, basically, uh, to do with human rights and the UK. So you might think, in the UK, we have the Human Rights Act, we know that we've got protections, we're a democracy, human rights abuses are things that happen elsewhere in the world. But, unfortunately, that's not quite true. We do have a thing called the Human Rights Act, Uh, But the government have been saying for quite a while now that they want to look at changes to it, and it's actually under review at the moment, which we're expecting to report back soon. They keep reviewing it, don't they? Exactly. But
0: but why do they review it again? Who's reviewing it? So the government say, oh, could you review this Human Rights Act? Do we really need all of these rights? Could you just check, do we need this human right? Do we need this human right? Is this one really a bit sophisticated? Is this one too much of a right? Mm -hmm. Could it be
5: more of a wrong?
0: Yeah.
5: So, and so, who's doing the reviewing? Uh, so it's an independent review, although we don't. And obviously, I don't want to preempt what the independent review will say. Um, who's on the independent review board? Who's independent? So it's led by judges. It's a legally done thing, um, but it's commissioned by the government. There's been a lot of talk about it for quite a while, but. Our point of view is we don't really need a long review to answer those questions you just had, Deborah, about do we really need this right? Because it's quite a short answer. It's just yes on all of them. So we do want all, all of our rights. We love
0: all mm. of our rights. We're quite keen on more, if anything, rather than fewer rights.
4: I'd like to know what, what a lot of them are before they start taking them off. <laughs> what
0: rights does Bridget Christie have that she doesn't currently know
4: about? <laughs>
5: Well, one right that you've got is the right to life. So that means that the government and government organisations, they can't kill you. Um, and if, if you Thank are God pills, i found that
4: because I think someone's been following me.
5: Oh no! Well, so it also means that when there's, when there's deaths and the state is implicated, they have to be properly investigated. So things like the Grenfell Tower fire needs to be investigated. Um, things like deaths in police custody need to be investigated properly. Things like deaths in mental health hospitals need to be investigated properly and there's a lot of rules around how that has to be done um and i think it's really important we carry on doing that kind of thing another another big one right that a lot of people have been talking about at the moment is the right to protest um i'm quite keen on that one uh, me too me too and um So I think it's a good example of why we're not just talking about the Human Rights Act review, we're talking about a few other bills that are going through at the moment, like the policing bill, because, as I'm sure quite a few listeners will know, the policing bill says that protests can't be too noisy. Mm -hmm. And it also says that you can't cause economic disruption to a business, which does make it very hard to run a picket line. Which of course is a human right to be able to be part of a union, if you like. Well, we've been uh,
0: doing this noisy and annoying campaign, and mm-hmm. we're we're trying to organise a protest now because you have to get permission to do a protest. Um, but we've been we've made some videos that we haven't released yet, but we're going to do in association with Amnesty mm-hmm. for the, our noisy and annoying campaign because it says this new bill mm-hmm. says you can be prosecuted and criminalised. You can go to jail. Um, for being noisy and so they're not obviously just going to come down and go you were noisy into jail it's not going to be like that but if the police tell you and because of the escalation of the protest and it's you know you're there what kind of crap feminist am I if I go on the women's march and police come up and go you're being too noisy and I go okay gang let's go home (laughs) so I can sort of see myself going to stop like it feels really but then if I'm with a bunch of people who've come out because of the guilty feminist and one of them gets caught up in that and it escalates and they get prosecuted and they're a nurse and they lose their job or a teacher and they lose their job or a comedian and now they can't go and perform in America because they've got a criminal record like it affects your whole life they're a teenager and it's going to affect their job opportunities I feel like I am going to feel personally responsible and also scared for myself. (laughs) And if you cause serious annoyance... And again, that's totally subjective. You can go to jail for 10
5: years, according to this new bill, if it goes into law. Mm
0: -hmm. It's so scary.
5: Exactly. And that's one of the problems with it. It's quite vague. And so it instills fear in people because you don't know what will happen. And if you're organising something, you do feel responsible for all the people around you because that's what it means to have a healthy culture of activism is to care about the people you're taking action with, to look after each other... Mm -hmm. And, and also junior doctors want to come out and protest their own
0: working conditions, nurses. They will get fired. They get struck off if they get a criminal record. So you'll meet, it means that people in our society who need to protest for their rights are the very ones that aren't going to be able to do it.
5: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the bill also has a few different parts to it that are specifically targeting certain communities. We know that um, we did a big report a few years ago about the Met Police's gangs matrix, um, because that was having a really disproportionate effect on minority communities, and particularly on young black men. And following that report, there were some changes that had to be made to the gangs matrix because it was illegal. But what this bill would do is roll out that kind of surveillance much wider, increase the stop-and-search powers that police have in a way that we know would target particularly young black men. I mean,
0: it's really scary. Um, In terms of LGBTQ rights, I mean, today would have been... Pride had it not been cancelled because of COVID.
5: Is there a way in which this government is trying to undermine queer rights? Well, I mean, all communities who are marginalised need the ability to protest for their rights. And pride is obviously not just a celebration, but also a protest. And so one of the things we've been doing is working with some academics to make a list of historic protests that we know were really important and that we know secured our rights now, that if this bill had been in place then, would likely have been Mm criminalised. And I'm sure we all know, Stonewall was a protest Mm -hmm. that caused a lot of disruption to a lot of people. There were bricks thrown. Mm -hmm. And... We also know that those early pride marches, before it was quite so widely accepted that that's an important thing for people to do, it was a lot harder for people. Oh back yeah, then. so much police brutality. Yeah, how do you feel about this,
3: Travis? Well, I'm worried about the noise thing because the gays can't be quiet. So <laughs> how are we going to protest quietly? You know, like, I, and I, I think so, I'm also worried because some of the phrases when we march only sound good because we shout them. Some of these, if it's in a stage whisper, I'm not sure it's going to have the same effect. Could you you us an example? No, because now any phrase I say... Well, you know, sometimes it's like, I even find, you know, I'm non-binary, so I can say this. But when people are like, trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary people are valid. I'm like, valid? (laughs) Is that what we're going for? But imagine that in a whisper, like, you're valid.
6: Oh,
3: So, selfishly, I, you know, protests for me have always been quite punk. If we turn it into a stage whisper, it's just going to be a bit meh yeah, to go to, you know?
0: Also, I do wonder about the impact of whispering your slogan, when the whole point is to go, hey, we're queer, we're here, get used to it, to sort of make a statement. Um, it does feel like a, a strange uh, a request to protest quietly. Like, the, being noisy and annoying is kind of the definition of a protest. What do, what do you feel about this, Bridget?
4: I was just thinking about how, um, how I've had real, a lot of trouble with neighbours over the years. And the police never came and helped. But all of a sudden now, they're cracking down on noise levels. I think it this is a bit of the opposite of first
0: they came for the neighbours and I said nothing. It's sort of like, <laughs> first they didn't come for the neighbours. And I said, why not? And now they're coming. And, I mean, they'll come for anyone if you report them for the things that Pretty Patel would prefer you to report them for. I mean, what about the, the, um, the immigration bill?
5: Yes, that's another one that we know is particularly of concern to LGBT communities, because in countries all over the world, even in 2021, there's a lot of places where it's dangerous mm. to be an LGBT person. And people in that situation need to be able to leave, to find safety elsewhere, to claim asylum. A lot of people do still have to become refugees because of their identity or their sexuality. And one of the things that the rights raid about is also about making that so much more difficult for people. So if this bill passes unamended, as it all stands, then in a couple of years' time, if you find yourself on a beach and you see a boat in distress unless you check the passports of the people on that boat beforehand you could be facing a four-year prison sentence for trying to help them yeah we've got two friends who are facing a
0: 25-year sentence in greece for this um they're both humanitarians they're both known to be uh humanitarians um we've had them both on the show sean and sarah um sarah herself is syrian and uh prof- was a professional swimmer and she's a student now in germany sean was a major human rights author um they're both you know looking at 25 years jail i mean i don't want to live in a world where saving a life can be a crime because it's the wrong kind of life Our, we're back in nazi germany then we're back in two sorts of lives to the value of two sorts of lives um, what can we do about it? Because it says here that you help ordinary people to make sure they have the tools they need to stand up and say no.
5: Here we are, ordinary people. Teach us your ways, Holly. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know a quick fix or that there's a no magic. Here that you button. do.
0: <laughs> it's Very clearly on my clipboard, I was misinformed. <laughs>
5: I was about to say, because if I have that magic switch, I would have pressed it quite a few years fair, ago now. Fair, fair.
0: No, fair. Um, it makes let, we'll yeah, that makes sense? Yeah, 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 we'll let that go.
5: Uh, yeah. I think most people are in that position. So I'm not going to pretend it's easy, but I'm also not going to pretend it's impossible. Because if we give up, then all of these things will happen. And I think you made that comparison to Nazi Germany. I think everybody, it, you need to ask yourself when you're thinking, should I get involved in something or not? Would you want to be someone who stands up to things that are not right and that you can see that are not right? Well, so, did you hear Bridget's bus
0: driver story before? <laughs> she will stand up. She's not. Good. She doesn't
4: take a bag down. I'm not, she... I'm not taking any shit now. <laughs> well, Bridget,
5: are you free on the 10th of October? Uh, probably. <laughs> hey,
4: was this commissioned after Brexit? That's something that I wanted to find out. Because um, have we got fewer rights now that we've mm-hmm. not part of... Yeah. Right. So the Human We're Rights Act
5: is not about the European Union. Um, there's nothing about leaving the European Union that means we have to change the way we do human rights in the right. UK um, in terms of the Human does Rights it Act. Mean, Does it mean we can change more human rights easily? Well, I'm not going to pretend to be a constitutional lawyer, because I'm not. Are there um, any constitutional lawyers? In? <laughs> there will probably be one.
0: Are there any lawyers in that know that? <laughs> I feel like there should be one. No. No. You're the
5: best we've got. Keep going, (laughs) Holly. Thank you. Um, Well, so there's nothing... We can leave the EU and we can keep all of our rights. We don't have to give them up. But obviously, there's lots of changes happening and... Politically, people are really confused, really not sure what to do. So that is why I mentioned the 10th of October, because what we're doing is having a week of action where we've got people from our local groups, from their communities. We've got religious groups, faith groups, all sorts of people going to be taking part in the week of action. we've got 150 groups who've signed up that they're going to be contacting their MPs. Uh, lobbying them on the review and those two bills that I mentioned, the policing bill and the nationality bill, um, and they're going to be standing up and saying no, they're going to be having protests in their communities, they're going to be meeting MPs to lobby them We're trying to get
0: our protest, our noisy and annoying protest, uh, okayed for that week, um, ideally on a Wednesday so that we can get the MPs who are coming out of, because they go in for Prime Minister's questions on that day to try and get some MPs on side and maybe even come and talk to us. Because not all the MPs agree with the, the policing bill. A lot of MPs are like, even some Tory MPs are like, it doesn't seem very libertarian, you know, just to sort of be shutting people down. So, and sometimes it's, if the Tories are in power, it's the Tories we need to get on board. So we're trying to be strategic about it. So, where do we find out more about how we can get involved in Amnesty's week of pushing back on this rights raid?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, So we're coordinating it centrally, but we're also using all of our local groups to do it. So if you have a little look on the Amnesty UK website and you pop your postcode in, it will tell you which one is your nearest local group and they will be able to tell you what's going on around you, how to get involved, whether there's a meeting they can bring you along to, a protest they can bring you along to, another event they can bring you along to.
0: And why should we contact our MPs? Because I think sometimes people think oh, but my MP's Tory, they're not going to listen to me. Or, you know, my MP's pretty Patel, I'm frightened of her. I've, she's Cruella de Bill, I've seen it. Or my MP's, on my side, my MP's a Labour MP, I already know that they're anti this bill, they've already voted against it, what's the point of nagging them when they're busy? Why
5: should we write to our MPs? Well, we have seen that it can work. the past I mean I know it feels like things are really fixed but last year one of the things we worked on as part of our UK human rights campaign was the overseas operations bill which was trying to make it legal for British soldiers to commit torture war crimes overseas and then never have to face prosecution for it in the UK and lots of people contacted their MPs We did lobbying behind the scenes, loads of people were part of it, and that bill was amended so that some of the worst bits were taken out, and it's not going to be legal for those things to happen anymore, which was so exciting. Um, And so we don't win every fight, (laughs) but we win some of them, and that's why it's important to always keep trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, amending things is easier like there's the kill the bill campaign and I obviously am for killing the bill I really want to kill the bill given it's a big Tory majority that seems like we would need a biblical miracle but amending the bill is possible and that's why I wrote an article for the Guardian about this and loads of people sort of said it sounds like she's never heard of kill the bill and I'm like no I have I just don't if you know how to kill the bill obviously kill it but all I know how to do is amend it by because I think they, they do want to know who's watching they do, they do that, oh, we probably can't get away with this bit, so we'll change that, and then we look like we're compromising. And the one thing I don't want to happen is that I can't go out and protest the other terrible bits in the bill. I need to be able to go out and use my voice, and I'm really, really scared, like properly actually scared of it. If everyone here wrote to their MP, just you know, email to your MP once a week about it, and told five other people, could you just, I'll, I'll nudge you on a WhatsApp group once a week, just, it's a bang it out form email, you know, like once, it would make a huge impact on MPs going, like, people really don't want this. Are you guys up for getting behind that? <laughs> Get involved in your local amnesty group and see if you can support amnesty, because then, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I'm just a drop in the ocean, but when I work with amnesty, I think, We'll we're lots of drops, so then we can make a wave. And so hitch yourself to that wagon. Or, and there are other wagons you can hitch yourself to as well. Um, but I, I'm quite keen that you get involved with Amnesty because they're really attacking this rights wave. if you can. Travis, can you tell us a little bit more about why you wrote Overflow? And no, i was kind of thinking
3: about what you were saying about the rights. Um, obviously, you know... Trans people have been consistently and persistently attacked by the press and the laws for the last, like, six, seven years in this country. And I got the commission for the show, the email from Bush saying, we want you to write a show whilst I was taking a shit. And I was on the toilet, and I was realising how comfortable I was, because it was my own toilet, and I'd realised that when people were saying they missed so much of public life, what I didn't miss about public life was choosing what toilet to shit in. And then, you know, it was in a week where the rise of numbers and the pandemic were really, really high, and there was all these things that the government should be talking about. But here on, like, the big double spread of a newspaper was this debate about what trans people can use, what public space. Well, we've all been inside for ages. So I was like, this is wild. And so I knew that Overflow was going to be one of the first shows live last year, opening back up. I knew there would be a lot of press on it. And I basically wanted to be really subtle and put a trans person in the toilet to have that conversation.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people say, well, we need to debate this, but in the meantime, people need to pee. Okay. Yeah,
3: and, and, you know, and they go. Yeah, and it's messing up, sorry, I get really passionate about it, um, because it's messing up the real conversation I want to have and the real identity that I'm really like focused on, which is I've got IBS. So, that's the toilet debate I want to be having. Why aren't there seven public toilets just down the road? I don't care about the gender, I want more of them, and I want them unlocked and quick access. You know?
0: (laughs) That does feel like a human right, like an urgent, surging human right.
3: Yes, I'm deeply afraid of crowds, but I will protest for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I look forward to the IBS noisy and annoying protest.
3: (laughs) It will be very, very noisy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And quite annoying, I imagine. Quite annoying. Bridget, when you, you know, hear about this, does this give you, you know, you're raising children in this world, does it give you a sense of foreboding or positivity, power? How are you feeling about all of this when you hear it? Worried.
4: Really worried, (laughs) because I think things get rushed through, and I think there's dark without sounding really serious about it I think all these things are, d- are deliberate and they just get rushed through without anybody knowing about it and then in a few years everybody's, you know it's, we're living in a, in a different world and a different country and we just sleepwalked our way through it and yeah. that is terrifying I feel and it can happen really quickly I feel the same I feel sometimes people say
0: oh well there's worse human rights abuses abroad why are we focusing on Britain
4: but, but that's, that's not the argument happens. that they're worse abroad no,
0: no, it's, and also it, that's how it happens. Democracies turn into police states all the time because yeah. you, we're not vigilant, you know, people, or yeah. if people feel, you know, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. You know, we had Idolan here from um, Turkey, used to run Turkey Amnesty, and she said, people always said, don't be so negative, you've got to keep a positive energy. Next thing she knew she was being arrested. Yeah. You know, it's how it happens.
4: Well, you can be positive and realistic, that's what I think. I feel really, really worried for my children who are 14 and 10. I think positive, optimistic and
0: realistic are really good goals for us this year. Yeah, Yeah. definitely.
5: I would actually add one to that. I think most days I wake up feeling really angry. And that sounds like a completely negative emotion, but I actually think being powered by anger can be a good thing. I think anger is
4: not a negative emotion. I think it's incredibly powerful. Well, women's anger is a very interesting subject because we're not really allowed to be angry. Um, in a way that men are, But an angry woman is the most off-putting, threatening thing. <laughs> but I think it's a very powerful tool for revolutionary change. And if women had not been angry, we wouldn't have any rights at all. Uh, so I, I see anger as a really great emotion, and I never try to suppress it, especially when. Uh... Yeah. It's about, it's about harnessing it and knowing what to do with it. Yes.
0: And it can't be the only tool in our box. If you take to Twitter with only anger, uh, you can chase people off. Um, I think we need to balance it with joy. But I think it's such a powerful motivator anger. And if you're not angry at the moment, I really do think you're not awake. Like, you know, you're, it, it, but, but, but try and also for your own self and your blood pressure... To balance it out with some joy and hope and connection. We've really lost connection. So try, you know, but but fuel yourself. It's such a good fuel. Um, Can I say one more tip? Yeah.
4: I've learned how to be, like, very calmly angry. Have you? Yeah, because I I don't want to have a heart attack.
0: Yeah. So how do you maintain your anger and your heart rate?
4: So I get really angry about something and I go just chill out and then I harness it and I sort of, you know, get something done Like what? What do you get done with the anger? You know, put the washing out or something
0: (laughs) That's the most I'm a feminist butt thing I've ever heard (laughs) Yeah, but it takes me like three minutes instead of (laughs) twenty So You're funneling your anger into household chores (laughs) I mean, listen, whatever works (laughs) Get the blood pressure down Get back out there, fight the patriarchy with two hands. Um, Holly, is there anything you came to say that you didn't get to say?
5: Uh, Well, just, again, to push everybody, if you're feeling angry about these things, if you're feeling worried, if you're feeling scared, get involved, because that's the best cure for feeling scared and feeling worried, is to do something about Mm. it. And there's so much stuff that we can all be doing. So have a look, reach out, and get involved. Find your army.
0: Travis, is there anything you came to say you didn't get to say?
3: No, I don't think so. Um, just that anger, like being in touch with anger, I was now just thinking about it. Um, and that actually, I think when you go to protest, you get all the other things you were saying, like communal connection, joy, all these things. They can also be found at protests. So I think it, that we have to get off Twitter and get onto the streets.
4: Yeah. yeah, And hope and optimism when you meet people who are like-minded, you thought you were on your own, and others, there's thousands of you. It's very emboldening. It's like why I like coming to the Guilty
0: Feminists because I hear the, you know, it hasn't been the same on Zoom because I don't hear this, you know, like if I say, "Are you guys up for it?" and everyone goes, "Yeah," I feel like there's hope and we'll do it together, and I feel like I'm not just plodding along on my own all the time. And so, um, thank you so much for coming out and uh, giving us hope tonight and finding community and communion. And please, uh, we're going to be doing more shows before the end of the year. Please come to them. Please go and see Overflow, go and see Bridget, sign up to Amnesty. Um, If there are, you know, there are other brilliant comics on our bills, go and see them, support them, get out, and do as much live stuff as you can, because we've been shut away for too long, and uh, we need each other, we need to be looking into each other's eyes, and just feeling the warmth of each other. Um, I really, really appreciate you coming out tonight. Uh, A big, huge round of applause for Holly Harrison-Millane. Now, Bridget, that was, I felt that was very motivating, educational.
4: Mm, was.
0: Um, but it is not the end of the show yet, because at big shows like this, I always really like to have music, because I like you to leave feeling like you've had a better time than you have.
4: So <laughs> it's me again, singing. <laughs>
0: so Bridget volunteered, my- and I said, you're down to the last two. Um, but instead... We have someone who describes herself as a working-class socialist feminist mother of one. She writes the songs and shreds the solos. It's Louisa Roach, and she drew the gun.
6: Hiya! are
2: right. Hope you well. I've been busy writing some tunes about poking holes in patriarchal power and dismantling capitalism those old chestnuts Uh, got a few of them now Um, so we're going to play one now this one's called Behave Myself and it's our new single Um, yeah and it's about like seeing the bars like the the chorus says now I see the bars of this cage and for me it's kind of like that's what feminism is it's like when you've got that consciousness and you can see what's happening, the structures around you. And it's about saying, I can see the bars of the cage and I'm not going to accept anything except complete freedom. So this one's called Behave Myself. of explosion. I'm the silence of violation finally broken. I am the joke behind the eloquent feminist slogan and I will not behave myself. I am the cheap labour and the overpriced beauty promotion. I'm the time bomb of pathological consumption approaching. I'm the child of Mother Earth and the dirt in her ocean and I will not behave
7: myself. The sky's out of control Get ready for my danger, So unshakable hot, Unstoppable change Now I see the bars of this
2: cage I am the point of entanglement Of oppressions interwoven I'm the confusion of the patient haven't spoken emotion I'm the story of all my sister's Resistance unfolding And I will not behave myself I am the flame of erotic power, emotion. I'm the object of lust and the endpoint of loathing. I'm the wave of the source of structural violence erosion. And I will not behave myself.
7: Under the skies and out of control. Get ready for my dangerous soul. Unshakable, unstoppable change. Now I see the bars up I'm the moment of
2: peace and the constant commotion I'm the weight of collective conscience awoken I'm the space for the rebel to revolt in And I will not behave myself
0: you're too cool to be on the stage with me not with Bridget she's super cool but um, yeah you're amazing Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing at the moment and what your songs are that you're singing for us tonight
2: well I've been writing an album we've been making an album like kind of started writing in lockdown and I've finished it all now so we've got that coming out in on the 8th of October and we're doing a tour around the country where we can, like, protest as loud as we want and no one can stop us because it's our gig. Yeah.
7: Um, yeah, so
0: that's, like, that's what we're up to. Wonderful. And I just want to say hi, too, to, to um, Lucy and Jack. Yeah. Hello. Um, thank you for coming. We don't have very many men on, Jack, so you're a part of a small group of very privileged men
2: you ask him not to hug the uh, hairdryer in the dressing room so
0: much? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they will, you see. Um, uh, what's your next song about?
2: Um, resisting.
0: Yes. Yeah. We need more resisting. <laughs> we need more resisting. Did you hear any of the conversation we were having with Holly and Travis? Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary what's happening at the moment. And I feel like what if we, all of us just now, all just went and stood outside number 10 and said, we're not going away. Would more people come and join us? And would it make a difference? I feel like, I feel like if enough of us just rose up enough times, mm-hmm. like, it would change things. And I feel like we can, and we will, and we must. So I'm going to just mainline this song that you're going to give us now to try and motivate me and all of us to keep resisting and to keep convincing other people in our networks to resist too. She drew the gun, everybody.
4: <clears throat> Thanks for
7: Body and soul, and Your mind is not your own Until you comprehend the forms of control All the underdog black sheep fighters are the powers that be in tenements I rise as freedom fighters, the outsiders Some of us are healing and some of us are feeding pain. Just need to speak until so we can proceed again Head system don't so let your heart go Yeah, yeah. You gotta get up, up, be resistor. You gotta get up, up, be resistor. Sometimes it's too much, you know. And I know they got you feeling down low. But there's no way to dig ourselves a hole. 'Cause chu, change only comes from below. Riders, occupiers, in Another wide sideline quarters On doorways and corners and borders Cause some of us are healing And some of us are feeling the pain Just need to speak so we can grow again. And now hey Sister Don't let your heart close its fist Yeah, yeah, you gotta get up Up here, sister You gotta get up up here, sister Hey Sister let your heart close, it's best, yeah, yeah You gotta get up, love, be a You gotta get up space, the and we just need to speak it so we can proceed again. My hey sister, don't let your heart close its fits. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get up up, be your sister. You gotta get up and be sister. Hey, sister, don't let your heart close its fits. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get up and be sister. You gotta get up.
0: More of this, please.
4: Um, well, How much would I have to pay you to come to my house? I <laughs> do you know, after after f- do that for free. After the first song, I thought I might be in the same ballpark as Cool, but after, during the second one, I thought, no, I'm not. No. And I, is cool just something that you are, do you think? Or is, is there some way of getting it? Could you do, you do a think? workshop, a Saturday afternoon workshop
0: in being as cool but as you? But that would
4: make you uncool if you yeah, thought that unfortunately, you yeah, yeah. If you
0: went to the workshop on how to be cool, it would inherently... Yeah. You'd lose cool points you'd on the way there. you yeah. 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 Is it just any tips? Any tips? <laughs> Bridget's given us a tip on how to, how to manage our anger so it doesn't affect our blood pressure. Yeah. You quickly hang the washing out and then you go on to, to use it to harness it directly to smash the patriarchy you've got any any kind of advice for us at all
4: no you can't possibly I think they're can't. they're that cool they don't even know what cool is no.
0: it's just they're like you're not it's, you've got to be at a point where you don't know you're cool you're not aware yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you've been absolutely amazing uh, where can we buy download and pay for your music and not um, just stream it for free if you search you do the gun go we've got like a shop
2: and We've got tickets for sale and we're coming back to London to do the Islington Assembly Hall and
0: we're going all around the whole country. All right. Yeah. Okay, so the Islington Assembly Hall, when's that date? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 20 seconds. Too cool to know when our own gigs are, sure. <laughs> um, so everyone's allowed to too. get their phone out now. You're only allowed to get your phone out just so you can quickly download one of their songs. Which song would you like them to download most? Behave Myself is the new single. Behave Myself, okay. So you download, you're allowed to get your phone out to download Behave Myself and to book tickets for the Islington show. But you're all around the country for our, our podcast listeners? Yeah. yeah, all around in October. Um, and your website is she Drew the gun. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: Yeah. Okay, so they can all find out. Yeah. Uh, com. We're going to come, I think we should go to the Islington Town Hall one and have a, like a massive bop. Like I'm, a yeah. I'm going. Like a punk feminist bop. I'm definitely going, yeah. Like people are now... Their laughter tells me that they don't think I'm going to be bopping in a cool way. And, that, and, it, and their laughter tells me that they think the word bop in, implies, implies a lack of coolness in itself. What should I have said?
4: Um, the next, next worst naff thing you could have said is, is it bust some moves or something? Uh, I might throw some shapes. Through. I might leave some shapes on the dance floor. What should I
0: say, Louisa? Could you help me, please? What, what oh. is it? What should I say about coming to your gig? Just
2: you should join our female mosh pit. We try and create our gigs. You should be right in there.
0: Female, female mosh pit. pit. Female mosh pit. i would be in the mosh pit. Yes. Would you come I'm to mosh with me, please, Bridget Christie? <laughs> Don't laugh. It's not funny. It's serious and important. Part. That's where I always am. In the mosh pit. Yes. Yeah. So, Bridget and I would love to come and mosh with you. You don't say mosh. We, I I don't did, I'm saying it. That's, I'm so cool I set trends. <laughs> Stop trying to make mosh happen. Um, uh, so who's up for coming and moshing with Bridget and me at the Azusa Town Hall? Thank you. We will all be in your pit. Yes. I'm so sorry that's out of range. you just got it. married. I don't want to yeah. imply... Yeah. You know. Anyway... Um, listen, we have an anthem at the Guilty Feminist and any musicians who come along, we ask them to cover it. Um, would you be open after this year and a half of COVID that we have had and we, you know, we, we're here, we're, we're back doing out boots on, streets out, feminism again. Uh, would you play us our anthem? And audience Uh, We have provided you the lyrics so you don't have to go, oh, I don't quite know this bit, I only know the chorus, which will come up on the screen. Uh, Please feel free to stand if you want to and can dance, jump around, uh, get this resistance out of your body. Uh, This is your last chance. Would you, would you, would you, would you? (laughs) She drew the gun. Would you help us to survive? (laughs) Yes.
7: Like, Should have made you
0: Everybody, uh, Bjorn and Jodie at UTA, and everybody at the South Bank Centre, this was our second amazing night. Thank you so much for making it incredible. I've been Deborah Frances White, we've been The Guilty Feminist. Good night. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Frances White, guest co host Bridget Christie, and our very special guests, Holly Harrison-Millane, Travis Alabanza, and She Drew the Gun. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hart and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Zolinski for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel, Gina, Bjorn, Jodie and everyone at the Queen Elizabeth Hall as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com.
4: Um, could learn a thing or two. Oh, it's hot, isn't it? Oh no no, I'm not hot yet. That bit's later. Um, you know, that's that's meant to, that's, I was meant to do that, but you'll see in a minute. Um, I think that our birth experiences they must stay with us. The Guilty Feminist is
0: provided exclusively from ACAST. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.